Salutations, dingaroos. Gather around quick now. It's time for another episode of Ding Dong Ditch. It's been a while since I've done a Ding Dong Ditch episode. Long enough, in fact, you might be new here and wonder what the heck Ding Dong Ditch actually is. Well, it's my little show within the show, a chance to bring you quick episodes on a wide array of topics, perfect for your walks or shorter commutes, or for a little something to listen to if you need a break from a really long series on something else. But now that the Patreon page has been officially launched, I've decided to make Ditch a sort of semi-exclusive entity over on Patreon. And by semi-exclusive, I mean certain episodes will live on Patreon for about 30 days before I migrate them over to Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and the like. But some of them will remain exclusive to the Patreon platform. The format is kind of an amorphous thing right now, so depending on how things go or what suggestions you, the community, bring, things could evolve in an entirely different direction. But for right now, I think this is a good place to start the journey, don't you? And speaking of journeys, my husband and I recently took a trip up to Chicago to visit some family. And enthusiastic road warriors that we are, we drove the 300-some miles. And as anyone who has driven near or through the Windy City knows, you spend a lot of time in stop-and-go mode on the freeways. This allowed me plenty of time to gaze at the backside of a lot of semi-trucks in between stints of June's Journey or Candy Crush on my phone. I wasn't behind the wheel for any of this, just so we're clear, because if I had been, we might have suffered a fate similar to that of the person I'm going to talk about today. However, it is because of this person that we would have stood a better chance of survival if that happened. I'm willing to bet a lot of you listening to this are familiar with this tiny, sort of obscure little show called Law & Order SVU, and its longtime star Mariska Hargitay. But what you might not know is that Ms. Hargitay has a little bit of a fascinating and tragic lineage through her mother, Jane Mansfield. Born Vera Jane Palmer on April 19, 1933, Jane Mansfield would ascend to Hollywood stardom at the young age of 21 when she went to Hollywood with stars in her eyes, as so many did in those days. And still do, really. She was already a young married mother. To that point, uh, over the course of her life, Mansfield would go on to be married three times and have five children in total. With her blonde bombshell looks and strong sexual appeal, Jane Mansfield came to be known as sort of a working class Marilyn Monroe. In fact, the two women were known to have something of a rivalry, with Marilyn considering Jane's attempts to imitate her to be both cartoonish and cheap, calling it both an insult to Marilyn and herself, expressing a wish to even sue her for it. And Jane's penchant for naughtiness went beyond just her looks and screen roles. She adopted pink as her signature color, not only for her clothing, but for her sports car and her mansion, which she dubbed the Pink Palace. She was also very sexually liberated, which was a risky way to be at this still pretty socially uptight time, some years prior to the big counterculture movement that would come to dominate the late 1960s, thanks largely to the Vietnam War. 
a time that Jane would unfortunately not live to really experience. Jane's splashy behavior made her an object of fascination as well as scandal and disdain, despite because of or thanks to, however you want to call it, her large breasts, she became the queen of so-called wardrobe malfunctions, many of them intentional. She liked to wear overly tight clothes to press events or was known to step out of her dresses at nightclubs and the like when the fun really started to ratchet up late at night. And the antics often frustrated the press. One editorial columnist wrote, We were amused when Miss Mansfield strains to pull in her stomach to fill out her bikini better, but we get angry when career-seeking women, shady ladies, and certain starlets and actresses use every opportunity to display their anatomy unasked. To that effect, due to these publicity stunts, Jane's wardrobe designer, who designed for many stars of the day, dropped her from his client list. And despite some early successes in dramatic movie roles and an attempt by Hollywood to mold Mansfield into a substitute Marilyn Monroe due to the latter woman becoming increasingly more challenging to work with, Mansfield continued to find more success in comedic or sexualized roles. Mansfield posed in Playboy magazine, engaged in various high-profile love affairs, would bare her breasts to paparazzi, and became the first American actress to go nude on the big screen in the 1963 film Promises, Promises. And like her rival Marilyn, she even had a brief relationship with President John F. Kennedy, which she publicly stated must have really pissed Monroe off. It's kind of an interesting time to be alive back then, I imagine. But Jane's movie career would more or less fizzle by the early 1960s, as many of the movies she appeared in were huge commercial flops, and public tastes were beginning to migrate away from the blonde bombshell look as we're getting more into the 60s. You see Jackie Kennedy becoming sort of the style and fashion icon of the time. And as we know, Jackie was a brunette and not quite built the same way. And she didn't quite dress the same way as uh, some of these starlets did at the time. That said, Mansfield continued to court large success as a featured nightclub act all across the country, and she was, of course, a standard tabloid darling. But it's important to note something else about Jane Mansfield that also made her quite unique. While her sex symbol status might be what people first remember her for, she also possessed a genius-level IQ of over 160. She was also fluent in five languages and played several musical instruments. These assets weren't as valuable for a woman to have at the time, however, so Mansfield, quite shrewdly, I might add, leaned into her looks and carefully built a persona that ensured she would be a force to be reckoned with. I mention this too because it's far too easy to just call her a more tawdry version of Marilyn Monroe. When you look at her various screen credits, one could easily argue both Mansfield and Monroe weren't living the lives they truly wanted due to the societal constraints of the time that often forced women to rely on their sex appeal if they wanted a career in entertainment. Mansfield even joked that people were less interested in her IQ number than they were in the numbers 40, 21, 35, her body measurements. 
And unfortunately, both Mansfield and Monroe would share the similar fate of dying both tragically and far too young. In fact, when Marilyn Monroe passed away from an apparent suicide in 1962, something that will be covered by this show at some point, I can promise you that, Mansfield wondered aloud if she might be next. She would only have to wait five years. It was a dark and foggy night in the wee hours of June 29, 1967. Mansfield had just finished two nightclub performances in Biloxi, Mississippi. The fog wasn't only from the weather, however. Trucks were out that night spraying insecticide to kill mosquitoes, a common sight in those days, especially when there were a lot more lax environmental rules around the spraying of pesticides. So visibility was low, as Jane Mansfield her attorney and rumored boyfriend, Samuel Brody, and her driver, Ronnie Harrison, struck out for New Orleans to attend a scheduled television appearance the next day. At approximately 2 a.m., the 1966 Buick Electra carrying them all slammed into the back of a semi-truck and drove underneath it, instantly killing everyone in the front seat. The three children sleeping in the back, one of whom the aforementioned Mariska and her two brothers, Mickey and Zoltan, all survived the crash, thanks largely to the fact that they were lying down. The roof of the car peeled back almost like a sardine can, which was completely devastating for anyone who happened to be sitting up. Quick aside here, little Zoltan had already been through a lot. Only a year previous, the little boy was attacked by a lion at a California wildlife theme park. He suffered major head trauma and nearly died after contracting meningitis. Thankfully, he recovered. It was actually Samuel Brody, one of the car's passengers, who filed the lawsuit that resulted in an award of $1.6 million, roughly $13 million in today's money, and the closing of that park. So just horrible all around for this poor kid, right? Photos of the crash scene caused rumors to circulate that Jane had been decapitated in the crash. That's because the photos reveal a large clump of blonde hair hanging from the Buick's windshield. These rumors actually continue to swirl in popular culture to this day, despite them being easily refuted by both the autopsy results, the funeral director who embalmed her, and the fact that the actress had been wearing a blonde wig at the time of the crash, she was actually a natural brunette. I won't detail any of the more gruesome things here, as that's about the threshold I and probably a great deal of my listeners are accustomed to, but you can read all about them at the links I'll post in the show notes. But you've probably noticed in your own time, tractor trailers typically don't have bumpers. However, you've also probably noticed the thick metal bar that runs underneath the rear of said trailers, which are designed to absorb impact forces and help prevent cars from accidentally driving underneath. After this incident, they came to be known colloquially as Mansfield bars. And while such preventive devices had been in use for about a decade prior to this accident, there were no federal regulations in place mandating their use or giving any other guidelines for how strong or effective they needed to be. That all changed after this tragedy, and over the years, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has continued to update and refine such rules to keep these grisly collisions at a minimum. That said, the Mansfield bars are not foolproof. They're not actual bumpers, so they're not going to absorb impact the same way. 
Furthermore, they're only at the back of a truck, so it does absolutely nothing to protect against side collisions. And depending on the type of vehicle you're driving, the underride guards could still cause severe damage to the car and possibly you. Therefore, of course, you should always follow trucks at a safe distance to prevent any outcome like the one I just described. But the death of Jane Mansfield still swirls with interesting rumor and innuendo, likely due to the notoriety Jane maintained throughout her big bombastic life. In fact, she was even rumored to have had a relationship with Anton LaVey, the esoteric founder of the Church of Satan. Though Mansfield was known to dabble in multiple spiritual areas, including Catholicism and an interest in Judaism, she had a meeting with LaVey in 1966 at which he proclaimed her to be the High Priestess of the San Francisco Church of Satan, a label that surely did not do much to squash the public's insatiable fascination with her. It's claimed by some that after the end of their relationship, LaVey had put a curse on Samuel Brody, that aforementioned attorney and boyfriend, and that Mansfield had been collateral damage in that crash. The rumor last crept up not so long ago in a 2017 documentary called Mansfield 6667. And if you're feeling particularly morbid in your curiosity, you could at one point visit the mangled Buick in Hollywood at the dearly departed tours. However, it appears COVID might have permanently shuttered that business, so it's unclear where the car is as of this recording in 2023. There's a lot that can be said about the wild life of Jane Mansfield, but one cannot deny the importance of her legacy. Also, I think Jane just sounded like such a fun person to be around. Her fearlessness, wit, and intellect made her such an icon. I just think it's sad that it's overshadowed by the overall feeling at the time that she was this distasteful person just because she was a free spirit. I think she would have been right at home today with a lot of sex positive artists having successful careers for themselves in more recent times, starting back with Madonna and Janet Jackson, but even today with acts like Lizzo and Doja Cat and Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Nicki Minaj, Lana Del Rey, and so many more. But I also feel her intellect might have been taken more seriously today too, and it's possible Jane could have done even bigger things. Anyway, that's the story of Jane Mansfield. If you're familiar with any of her work, what are some of your favorites? Feel free to let me know by shooting me an email or shouting out to me on Twitter or Instagram at DD Darkness Time or the Facebook page or the Patreon page. If you're a subscriber listening to this right now, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so happy that you have decided to join this journey and I hope that you remain patient with me as I figure it all out and you know that you enjoy the perks that you're getting or if you feel there's something else you need, just let me know. I'm sort of learning as I go and I'm observing all of my friends that came before me doing this very same thing and hoping that I'm not going to screw it all up. But the fact that you have any faith in me at all just truly means the world. And I am so excited to bring you more of these shows and to have time to do more of the research and just feel a little more financially supported while doing it. Um, as, a, as a sidebar, what does this money do? You might be wondering. It 
helps pay for my web hosting fees. It can help me upgrade my audio equipment or my editing equipment. And it can also hopefully at some point help me pay for an editor so that I can have more time to actually do the research that I need to do to make this show what I really want it to be. So those are just some of the things that your money is supporting. And I want to be able to give back as much as I possibly can. So anyway, that's all I got for today. And if you have anything you'd like for me to cover next, either Ding Dong Ditch or a full length series, uh, just let me know. Just reach out. I'll be back with another ditch soon, you guys. And in the meantime, be good, you little ding dongs.